Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to a new season of Voices of the Vic with me, Mike Duffy, Ben Ayton. And you can see there's somebody else new here. Um, so we'll get into that in a minute. But firstly, Ben, how are you doing? It's been a while since we spoke Watford. Um, I'm feeling a bit more upbeat now after last season's sort of horrendous, well, horrendous couple of seasons for Watford. Uh, but you know what? I've got that bug back. I'm seeing players in training. We've made a signing. We'll talk about all that. But how are you feeling first and foremost? You all good? Yeah, all good. Thank you, mate. I'm um, looking forward to the new season. Um, I keep telling myself it can't be worse than last season. But then it 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 was even worse than the previous season in the Premier League. So who knows what what we can deliver? Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I, I've got that bug back, just like yourself and. Um, I was one of the lucky ones to attend the London Coney Fans Forum with Gino and Scott last week, um, which was an eye-opener for me. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Great experience to actually get in amongst the, the chairman and the owner of the football club and actually be at London Coney Training Ground as well. You see so many photos of it and videos. And to actually be there in person was, um, yeah, it, it, it was unbelievable. So I'm very thankful to be given the invitation to go along to that. Um, but, yeah... Same as you, looking forward to the new season. The players we've been linked with is encouraging. Um, and we're going to discuss about a new signing later as well. But enough about me. Do you want to introduce our new member of the Voices of Vic? Yeah, yeah, absolutely I do. And we'll we'll talk about that Gino and Scott Duxbury fan forum as well. We'll talk about all that. that. That's one of the main reasons we're here tonight. But yeah, as I said, it's not just me and Ben tonight. You can see Cam, we are joined by Cameron. Uh, who is one of three new members to Voices of the Vic. So you may or may not have seen, we popped the tweet out a couple of weeks ago or might even be in a couple of months ago now. Basically, just acknowledging that last season obviously was a bit crap on the pitch and for us it wasn't great off the pitch. We we don't put out or we didn't put out as much content as we perhaps should have done. You know, usually when you've got a podcast of yours that you like to listen to, you're always thinking, all oh, right, the next episode will be out on this date. But some weeks we sort of slacked and, you know, took a couple of weeks off here and there. And it, it, it doesn't really make for a good podcast. So me and Ben sort of were, were chatting at the end of the season and we were like, right, you know, we need to make sure that regular content comes back. And the way to do that is invite new members on. So the tweet that I'm talking about, you would have seen, we've now introduced Katie, Joe and Cameron to the team, and Cameron is the first one uh, making his Voices of the Vic debut as well, because Katie and Joe have been on before, so this is his debut on the pod tonight. 
Um, so, Cam, thank you very much for accepting our invitation and joining the, the crazy gang, as we say. And um, how are you doing? You you looking forward to this season yet? Is that fucking um, you or? I, you know what? I'm getting excited now. I am. <laughs> it's the it's all the training pictures. They're getting to me again every year. <laughs> Yeah, no, they, they do exactly the same to me as well. And I'm sure every other Watford fan. Although uh, I'm seeing a lot of sort of negativity around the, the, the new sponsor and how big it is. And listen, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion. But I, I actually quite like the new training kit myself. Uh, I'll definitely be purchasing, purchasing one of them. Um, Can but, I just mention something quickly as well, where you've not done the introduction of, you've done the introduction of Cameron, but you've messed that one key bit of information here, Mike. Um, for everyone who's listening, Mike refers to his brother quite a lot on the podcast, and this is Mike's <laughs> younger brother. Um, so you've missed out a massive bit of information. You, he's just a Watford fan to you, is he not a brother? <laughs> I didn't want him to get any slack for any comments I make on the pod. It's bad <laughs> enough they know my Twitter name and know who I am, let alone my family. So, yeah, Cameron is my brother. So, um, you know, that, that might add to the entertainment a bit in, in this coming season on podcasts and everything, I'm sure. But we sound even more of a Birmingham podcast now. <laughs> he's lucky, he's not, he doesn't possess the Birmingham accent, so uh, he's he's got away with that somehow. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm, I'm just I'm buzzing to be back. Like, he, he, you say I missed that piece of information out, it's shown how long I've host, not hosted a podcast for. Uh, it really is showing, but let's get stuck into it. As I said, we are here mainly for one reason, and that is Mr. Gino Pozzo for the first time in 12 years. Is it 12? Um, yeah, 11. 11 years. Um, for the first time, spoke to our fans in person and appeared in front of our fans in person. I mean, firstly, Ben, before I ask any questions about that, was there a little bit of doubt in your mind on the way to London Coney, maybe even sitting inside thinking he might not turn up here? What it, I, was that think, the consensus of the whole room, or yeah, I, I think that's that's always a concern when it comes to Gino Pozzo. Obviously, he, he's not sat in front of the media for 11 years. He, he had that opening interview with Frank Smith from Watford Observer when he first bought the club. Um, but he hasn't done anything since then. Um, so there's always going to be that bit of doubt. Is he going to turn up? Uh, but as soon as I arrived, I, I could see him in another room where there was glass doors. You could see he was in there with Ben Manga, Cristiano Giretta, and Scott Duxbury. So they was pacing up and down in there. <laughs> um, I've got to admit, they did look a little bit nervous because it must be intimidating for them, knowing the backlash that they received. Um, towards the end of the season, especially the protests were seen inside Vicarage Road as well. Um, and then when um, the door was opened and Gina Pozzo came out with a, a bit of a stubble as well, it, it, he looked like a bit of a broken man. Um, uh-huh. He normally is quite a clean-shaven um, gentleman, but it was a bit of a stubble on him. And, uh, maybe he's had sleepless nights leading up to um, the fans' forum. Who who knows? Or maybe he got wind of that um, fake protest that was organised outside. Um, <laughs> London Coney training ground as well. But yeah, um, at, at the start, they, they little, looked a little bit nervy. Yeah, yeah, I bet, you know, as you say, uh, he even said, well, so I've heard, he even said that, you know, he doesn't really like speaking to to the media and, and you know, it must be nerve-wracking for him. But at the end of the day, part and parcel of owning a football club, you know, it literally has to be done. 
um, it states in the rules, which is why um, the At Your Place events are coming back, I assume, which, again, we'll talk about. But um, just before I ask any more questions, I just want to say, and I'm sure Ben and Cam will echo this, I want to say a massive sort of well done, a massive pat on the back, huge congratulations to the guys that made this happen. You've, uh, and if I miss anyone off here, then please do come for me in the comments. Um, I'm going to try and remember off the top of my head. You've got the guys that do not scratch your eyes um, from the Rockery end, Watford Buzz Podcast, the Watford Supporters Trust, um, Tom Wicks from the um, from the Golden Pages fanzine. Uh, I think there was another fanzine involved as well. Um I, I can't really remember off the top of my head. Like I say, if I've missed anyone, it's not on purpose. Like everyone did a tremendous job. And I think what frustrated me at times was when the meeting, the news of the meeting first come about, you saw a lot of negativity. Ah, oh, it'll be handpicked. You know, only the YouTubers, bloggers and everyone will be able to go. Um, they, they want a secret meeting. Oh, I don't think he's going to turn up. What's the point in doing it? And to be in the, 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 the WhatsApp group or of, Everyone that's sort of, you know, me and Ben were very lucky to be in that group and be involved in, you know, the setting it up. But I'll be honest, and I'm sure Ben will say the same here. I probably said about five things in the, in however many weeks this was in in the making. So I, I'm I don't want to take any credit at all. You know, we popped out tweets when the guys said, right, this is a communication. We popped those tweets out. We popped those Instagram posts out. But in terms of the legwork itself, um, you know, it's all them. And to see the hard work that individuals did in that group, like fair play to you. And that's what pissed me off the most is seeing all those people. Oh, what's the point? Is there even like you don't know the hard work and how much like sort of friction there was at times between you know, I I don't want to get myself into trouble, so I'm trying to think how to word this, but there was a lot of friction between parties, but they got it done, and Mr Pozzo turned up, which was the main aim. So, a massive, massive congratulations. If any of them are listening, honestly, top, top guys, uh, and, you know, really, really high up in my estimation. So, yeah. Um we have received I just a want to say quickly as well because everyone was kept banging on saying, "Oh, they're the privileged lot that the podcasters, the fanzines, um, the Watford Trust." At the end of the day, we're, we're all fans. Um, yeah. we, we still support Watford Football Club. We all want the best Watford Football Club and have the best interests at our heart. Um, so, if it was and, and look, um, Andrew French, as much as he's done a fantastic job for Watford Observer. Gino Pozzo was refusing his interview um, on a number of occasions this year. Um, so the, the fans managed to get an interview with Gino Pozzo. And I, I just think there's not enough credits being given to the fans who have actually put this together. Um, because if it wasn't for the people who've put in their own money behind the scenes to get this done, to get like that slide, Slido account, to put in all their hours, they're working to about 12 o'clock at night after doing a full day shift at work. And like it's interfering with their private life, I and mean, then it's affecting with their mental health as well. I don't think they've deserved enough credit. So yeah, special mention to everyone involved, and especially as well the the what the trust supporters. Absolutely, and uh, to echo what you just said, you know, at the end of the day, we yes, we 
you could say we're in a privileged position to do podcasting, sort of get invited to these things. But at the end of the day, we are fans. We're not doing this like just because we get the coverage we do. We're doing it because we support Watford. Like I'm bloody stuck with this for the rest of my life. A podcast where <laughs> a blogger doesn't, you know what I mean? So it's uh, it's one of them. But we've received a couple of questions uh, that I want to ask. And Cam, you followed on the live blog, didn't you? Uh, on the yeah, evening. yeah. So it'll be yeah. quite interesting here. I mean, I followed bits and pieces. I was mainly waiting for a voice note from yourself then at the end of the night. But I followed bits and pieces. And it'll be quite interesting to see the sort of um, how it was sort of perceived on the live blog compared to how it was at the event itself. Because a lot of people would have probably looked at that live blog and been like, well, you know, that was a waste of time. But I've I've listened to Do Not Scratch Your Eyes Twitter Space. I've listened to from the Rookery and podcast, and it sounds like it's quite the opposite, actually. Um, yeah, and that's why I think it, it was it, it was such a um, unfortunate that we haven't got that recording for everyone to listen to because I think yeah. honestly think everyone would be on the same page right now if they could hear the tone of voice in Gino Pozzo, um, seeing how animated he was when he was talking about his football club. I think that would come across in the audio. And unfortunately, we didn't have that. We just had a live blog. And like at least fans did get to see their live blog. But I think if it was a recorded um, interview put out for everyone, you, you can hear everything. And you, you can hear it in their voices, how much they care for the football club. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see how my opinion to Cameron's differs. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just want to say as well, Matthew Wilson, who's popped that question in, we will get round to that, believe me. We're just going to talk a little bit about the fan, um, the the Pozzo uh, fan forum. Um, we've received a couple of questions from a, a couple of followers of ours. The first one's coming from George White, and Ben, I'll ask you first, seeing as though you were there. Um, what's your take on how well it went? I, I, I sort of just asked that in, in a roundabout way just a minute ago, but... Um, was it? What, did you come away thinking it was it was worth it? And it was. Uh, I, I don't want to use the word success because a lot of people have got a lot of views on things not changing and the same old, same old. But did you come away feeling a little bit sort of clearer on what what's going on at the club at the moment? Yeah, I wouldn't say it was a success, but I, I get the understanding that. It's obviously, I feel like there's a clearer picture now from hearing from what Scott and Gino said and seeing their body language and tone of voice. I do feel like there's their message is is clearer now. Okay, a lot of the questions that was thrown to Gino and Scott, sometimes people on the floor is asking about three questions and they was maybe answering one question, the easiest one, and kind of ignoring the other two. Um, so I kind of wish the people on the floor was only asking that one question so we could have actually got our teeth into that a little bit more. Um, but Gina and Scott, they, they didn't want to talk about the past too much. They, they wanted to talk about what they're doing for the future. They're saying what's in the past is in the past. We, we, we're looking to the future now and what we're building forward. Um, so I actually, my tweets on um, Twitter within the last few months I have changed my mind and went into Gino out. Um, I was fed up towards the end of the season about how he was running our football club. Um, mm -hmm. I was embarrassed to be a Watford fan. It, the players down in Tall, the whole recruitment, the, high, the whole hiring and firing of managers. I was just sick to the back teeth of it. And But after going to a meeting yesterday, I, I sent, um, not yesterday, last Thursday, I sent you a voice note afterwards 
and I popped it into the group chat with all the other lads that we helped to organise the event with. Um, I say helped, we did nothing apart from putting a few memes now and again. But I actually felt a bit more positive um, from actually what I heard. Uh, Scott and Gino were reiterating that there's only um, there's 29 million pounds worth of debt at the club. Um, by June 2024, that debt will be cleared. Obviously, there's debt to Gino Pozzo, but he's saying that he would not put in to have that money back. If he, that money was to be repaid to Gino Pozzo, it would be when he would leave the football club, if an offer comes in for him to leave the football club, and then he'll take the money back. He's not going to put in a receipt saying, you owe me X amount, um, which which I, I felt a little bit more um, relaxed about. But obviously... They weren't including transfer fees that we owe to other football clubs as well. But I imagine there's instalment plans for all of that, isn't there? And they talked about how they've got the running cost of the club down by getting all the higher people off the, the wages. So they've all moved on. The only high wages we've pretty much got left at the club is Imala Sar and, mm. and Scott Duxbury. When talking about players at the club and how the, the only players that will be coming back on Monday, which we've just had, it's players that actually want to be at the football club. And he said, put aside Ismail Asar. So he's basically saying he doesn't really want to come back to Watford. He doesn't love the football club. Ballerin only wants the players that want to be at the football club. And this mm -hmm. year, everyone's going to be coming in, wanting to play for Watford. And he, he actually said this would be the first time that people will be coming back to the training ground, all wanting to play for Watford. Because he even mentioned a couple of years back where they had that little gang of players they put into the stands. I think it was the season we got relegated. It was in the championship. Dini, Capu, um, Gray, they was all up in the stands, weren't they, watching from the sidelines. He actually said they haven't got any of this uh, back this season. Um, and then they talked quite highly on the recruitment as well, saying that the changes they're making behind the scenes, setting a philosophy, that's why they've appointed Ben Manga. Ben Manga adds to the recruitment in areas that Watford and the Pozzo network never covered before. So they've still got their scouting network, but they've actually added to their scouting network by bringing mm -hmm. Ben Manga. And I think we've seen that with the, the links of the South Korean international. I don't think the Pozzos would touch that market, but now Ben Manga's involved, it's opened up that pool of players a lot more. Um, so that's given me more reassurance as well. And Ben, see, um, talk, he was talking about Valorin as well, saying how he seems more right fit for what the football club than previous managers. I think he's kind of has to say that, but he yeah. went into detail a little bit more by it by saying when he, he asked Valerin what went wrong at West Brom, and he said, the owners were in China, I haven't, I didn't have the support, and he quite likes the idea of Gino Pozzo and Scott Duxley being at the training ground, so he's got that support. If he needs something, he can just knock on the door and it would, it, he'll, he'll feel better for it. Um, they've actually said that they, they're recruiting to uh, Ismail uh, Valerin's formation and the type of players he needs for that team. We've not done that before. Remember back to when we had Javi Garcia, we just had the FA Cup final. He plays 4-4-2. What do we do? Bring in Ismail Asar. He doesn't fit into the system. So now uh, Gino and Scott came out and said, we're actually recruiting to a formation. They want to be the right personalities as well. Ben Manga's pretty much said that he looks into the eyes of the, the players to see if it's in their eyes, to see if they've got that fight in them. So that's what's changed about the recruitment. And if anything, that's that's got me excited for next season. Then seeing the players that we're linked with as well, they just all seem to fit this puzzle that we're building at the moment. We, we need an awful lot of players to come in through the door. But I just think it's 
they're, they're ticking the boxes. Obviously, they're still going to get a bit of stick because there's a lot of people Pozzo out at the moment. But it has changed my opinion of them thinking, okay, maybe their Pozzo's changed. They've brought in Ben Manga. They've opened up the scouting network. We're actually recruiting to the manager's taste. The manager's actually going to be involved in the transfers as well. We're going to ask him. They give actually give him a list of players. And he says, I want out of four players, he might say, I want that one. And they said they're going to go after his top target as well. Yeah. So with all of that, I, I actually think that their best interests are with the club. Gino seems like he does really care about this football club. He wants it to be successful. We've just had a really poor run of form lately. But off the back of a poor run of form, the club's nearly in a stable position financially and we've gone through that whole COVID season. So I do think they deserve a little bit of credit. And I say a little bit because they have got an awful lot wrong on the football pitch. But off the football pitch, it seems a bit more rosier. Yeah, and and it has shown that we didn't back a, a certain manager at the start of last season and brought in players to to, to his taste because look what happened. Um, let's mm. said about that, the better. And Cam, um, you know, knowing what you know and reading what you've read um, that that's come out of this this meeting with Potts. So, what's your stance? Where do you now stand? And where did you stand before? Where do you now stand? What what do you think needs to change? Well, before I was I was firmly anti pot, so I I didn't see anything turning around. And while I was reading it in the live blog, I thought he's just avoiding all accountability. What he's yeah. saying doesn't really line up. He's contradicting himself a lot. But everything I've heard from people who were there lines up with exactly what Ben said. Everyone was sort of on the same page. You know, they could tell how much Gino cares about the club. So I, I'm willing to, yeah, give him the benefit of the doubt. Let's see what he can do. You know, give him a year, two years. Manga needs to be backed. Mm-hmm. Um, Ishmael needs a year. And if that happens, then I'm fully on board with Gino. And Ben, did you get that sense of, because... I saw one of the questions that was asked by someone that was there. Did obviously Rob Edwards lasted what 10, 11 games? I think someone said, "What happens if uh, you know Ishmael does similar to Rob in those 10, 11 games? Are, are they going to sack him? Do, do you get that feeling that they're not going to change their stance on the hire and fire? Because I think I saw Gino basically saying that well, the the approach might not be popular, but it works and. I've said on a few podcasts, not just this one, that probably up until bringing Kiko Sanchez-Flores back, I would agree with that statement. But since then, no, I wouldn't. Do you, do you get the stance they're still going to hire and fire stupid amount of times or is that going to change a bit? Um, the question actually came from a good friend of the podcast, John Parslow. I was sat on the same row as him. I was actually sat to, um, Katie was to the right of me, the new member of Voices of Vic. Um, and, and to the left of me was both your guys' dad. And then John Parser was sat next to um, your dad, Mike. Um, so mm. he actually asked a tough question. And But he, I think he said, what would you do if Ismail only had like 12 points out of the first 10 games or something like that? Um, so Gino stood up and he, he said, look, I've, I've got the best interest at, at the football club. He says... I see things that go on behind the scenes. And he was kind of going into details of what's happened before in past um, 
um, past Sackins. He basically says he's here every single day of the week. He can see what's happening in training. He can see when training levels are dropped. He can hear things behind the scenes as well from the players. So that's why he's probably made um, decisions behind the doors. But I, I think Gino's, Gino took no accountability. And that's my only qualm about the evening. But they took no accountability. And and I don't get the impression that he would change his ways. I, I think if we're in a situation where we're 11th in the table after maybe 10, 15 games, I, I do think that he's going to pull that trigger again. He he kind of went into giving details of, I have a best interest of Watford Football Club at my heart. If I see the team struggling, things aren't fitting together behind the scenes, I'm going to make that change and hope that I've got a reaction out of it to... Mm-hmm projects us up the table that's just failed in the last two three seasons where we've gone through six nine managers but he solely believes that that could work in his favor but obviously he doesn't want to make those changes he wants it to work from the off and he's trying to find this manager that molds into his system of how he wants everything to work behind the scenes um and i don't think he's got that from Rob Edwards in the summer and I think that's why he went behind maybe Rob Edwards is a bit too cuddly with all the players and pally pally where he needs someone to have that but also be a bit stricter and maybe that's what Valerie and Ismail might bring to Watford um so yes and no I I, I don't think that he is going to change his ways but he, he he believes that he would make a change if things are going on a downward trajectory because he he's got to try and make Watford go up the other end of the table. Yeah, and I think that contradictory sort of questioning or, you know, being contradictory in the um in the with the answers comes from I think Troy said in his in that podcast he did with the filthy fellas, which I'm sure will uh I, I know definitely got a mention, but uh he said, you know, that someone's watching training all the time. And then I think the question was asked, and then they Pozzo turned around and said, "Well, you know, we we don't watch training all the time." But then they, in in another answer, they basically said, "Well, you know, we see what's going on on a day to day basis." And I sort of understand that, and I think it is difficult to look at it from the outside looking in when you're that frustrated that your team keeps sacking managers, and every time something like that, you know any sort of joke you hear and it's just it's boring as hell so it is frustrating but I can sort of understand and get where they're coming from Um, the next question we had was from a chap called Mr Snows and he said are they too caught up in the detail and don't see don't see the big picture need for change is, uh, is, is that something you take from that, Cam? Do you think they're, they're too unraveled in, in the big detail and perhaps don't see what they need to change? I think they're caught up in their own ways. It, I mean, like you said, they were saying that, you know, the sacking manager's approach still works when, again, it hasn't really worked since Kike. So, yeah, I, I don't think that way is the way to go. I mm. think they should maybe open themselves up. And they have, I think, by getting Manga in. It's the same thing they did at Udinese with, I forget the fella's name, but they got someone in and they're letting him do his job. Yeah, and and ultimately, you know, to now hear that we are 
going to be recruiting to the manager's needs, hopefully then creates a domino effect that the manager can play the way he wants to, be successful with the type of players he needs and therefore stay longer at Watford, which is what we want. And that will contribute to the bigger picture, as as said. Ben, uh, Mr. Sodes has also asked, what the fuck does Juretta at? We're still no clearer. I, I, I heard on a Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast, Wendover Orm went, uh, went on, and uh, he said he actually spoke to him uh, after the event. Was was Juretta, he wasn't answering questions, was he? Was he butting in on some no, questions? No. Or what, what was the sort of vibe yeah, he but um, Giretta and Ben Manga wasn't answering questions when um, questions were asked of Gino and Scott. But at the end, um, when they wrapped it up, um, they they mingled with the fans, and I think they stayed for about an hour, an hour and a half afterwards. Um, I, I'm only saying that because I, I heard it from the Do Not Scratch Your um, Eyes um, Twitter space. I, I I went as soon as it finished because I had to get back, um, but I did hear that they did stay around afterwards. So I think that that that's probably refreshing for fans to hear as well. It's not like the meetings ended, they darted out the door, that's it done, wipe our foreheads, get in a car, go home. They actually stayed and they actually went up to the fans and talked to them individually. I haven't got a clue what Gioretta does still. Um, I think in an interview um, with Andrew French and Ben Manga, I think he alluded to that he would be part of like helping to finalise transfers in like the admin side of it. So maybe not so like face-to-face communicating. It'll be maybe more the admin side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's from what I've only read. So I they didn't go into detail with what they said. Again, this question was asked to um, Gina and Scott, but like like um, the Ashes is on at the moment. They just they just um, they just batted it in a defense mode, just just playing the safety shot all the time. Um, and they didn't want to go into much detail with it. Um, but like you say, Wendover Horn, he actually changed his opinion of him after speaking to him, or, yes. or it might have been Justin, um, whoever it was. But they changed their opinion once they spoke to him. He actually came across quite nicely. Um, so, but then again, he, he, he's got a bit of support with Ben Manga now, hasn't he? I just think the change of a football club, I think it relies heavily on Ben Manga. And I think he's the one that's given us fans a lot of hope and promise for the future. Because we've seen his sterling job that he's had at um, Frankfurt. And now to, for him to come over to Watford, he didn't really have a full proper transfer window in January because he only joined the club in November. So he was still getting his feet un, um, under, the, under the table. Um, but now he's got six months under his belt. He's probably been scouting players since he's joined. And now hopefully we'll see the roots and reward of it. But yeah, no idea what Gioretta does. <laughs> um, I must add as well, if anyone's watching and wants to ask any questions, uh, you know, whether you're watching it on the live blog, whether you've been drip fed information from people that were there, feel free. Uh, and not just about this, about transfers, about anything, pop them in the comment section and we'll get around to uh, asking those questions <laughs> as and when they come in. Um, the last question, which I'm going to ask to both of you, actually, and Cam, I'm going to come to you first, because I know we're in a group chat, a family group chat, which we talk about Watford, and I know you and Dad sometimes, uh, you know, it's it's quite back and forth. It's a bit like watching a, um, it's a bit like watching Andy Murray against Novak Djokovic in his prime, you know, serve, serve, serve. Um, he, Mr. Snowes, asks, is it time for us to shake hands with Scott and get a new CEO? Do you think 
Scott needs to go and bring someone else in, or do you think Scott works well? Well, works well with Gino. What what's your take on it? I think Scott's a, a businessman. He needs to stick to the finance side. He, I mean, I'm not 100 sure on this, but maybe he's been too involved in the football side. So, yeah, I'd maybe stick him to that, and he could do well. I think he does have the best interests of the club at heart. And I'm sure that's what everyone at that fan forum thinks as well. So, no, I'd keep him unless... I think think it's more in Gino's corner, the things that have gone wrong. I think it's more in Gino's corner. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's there's a lot of of whispers that, you know, Scott was the massive reason behind why Rob come in and, you know, that we wanted to go down that young British coach sort of path and... Uh, you know, all these rumours that because uh, Scott was, uh, because Rob was Scott's man, that's why sort of Gino didn't take to it very well. But listen, that's all hearsay. We don't know if that's actually true. Um, ben, what, what's what's your take on it? I mean, Scott has obviously, like Cam said, it's quite clear he's got the best interests of the club at heart. He is a Watford fan. His kids are Watford fans. And, you know, he, he does come under a lot of stick at a lot of times. Um, do you think maybe it's time that we sort of shook hands and said thank you, but see you later? Or would you stick with him as long as they say what they're going do, what they're going to say and put into action? Are you happy for him to stay, or do you think get rid? I'm the same with Cam. I think you need to give him the benefit of the doubt a little bit, but he he also needs to step away from that football side of it. If he could just concentrate on the business side of it put full tra- uh, trust into Ben Manga and Giraldo and Helen Acosta into actually running the football side of things. I, I, th- I think there is a role for him still to be at this football club. Um, I, I actually witnessed how caring he was at this football club um, Thursday night. Um, there was two ladies asking, uh, talking to Gina and Scott and asking questions about how toxic it is with a football club. And they was talking about away day experiences and you could see they was getting quite upset about it. At the moment, the Van Toren finished, literally Pete was wrapping it up and um, Scott got up from his chair and darted over to um, the table to speak to one of the ladies because he wanted to find out further information on it. And, and that's a guy who, who, who wants to, he, he wants the club to change and be in the right direction. He wants this to be a family feel club. So when he's heard that the toxicity, how bad it's been on away days, he doesn't want that. He doesn't want that to damage the image of this family football club that we've got. So you can tell he cares about this football club and it, and he will try and make the right changes to make that happen. So I, I'm, I'm in the camp of Scott to stay, but purely he has to focus on the business side of it. He needs to trust Helen Costa, Ben Mango, and Cristiano Giretta in the football side of it. And I think it could work well together. Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of people were, you know, at the moment, we, with sort of Watford fans as a whole, are sort of finding every negative that they can with every story. And funnily enough, my dad's just asked a question about. How come you two both have excellent beards and I can't grow one? I mean, this <laughs> took me a while. It's still not perfection, but um, he's he's done a uh, he's done a Twitter thread, which I, I highly advise some people to go over and check. Of um, reason, angry Watford Twitter. Well, reason Watford Twitter is ang- angry today, and he's right. You know, everything that's coming up at the moment, we we're just 
plucking the negatives out of it. And it, it is frustrating. And a lot of people are like, oh, well, Ben Manga's come in, but, you know, he's not really, we've not really seen anything. He's had one transfer window. Like, give him pre-season, let him do his stuff. This is a guy that worked wonders and found gems with Frankfurt. Now, the Pozzos are known for, well, their, their model over the years has been sort of primarily to to find gems, whether it's South American, European, well, well, not English, but whether it's that, build them up and then sell them for a lot more than we bought them for. And listen, we, we can pluck, we, we can sort of list a few examples now. You know, Richarlison, João Pedro, um, I can't think of any more, so that was really embarrassing of me to say that. <laughs> I, there, there is more. Um, but the... Um, the, the, the fact that we've got the Pozzo scouting network, which is so good, then add in Ben Manga and his scouting network, you, you're looking at much more global reach. Ben, you said uh, not long ago that this fellow we're looking at from Korea, we wouldn't have looked at him uh, with just Pozzo scouting network. So all I'll say is give them time. And yes, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be angry at Mr. Pozzo. There's a lot of reasons to be very grateful for Mr. Pozzo as well. Um, and, you know, everyone's had their say on how the, the meeting went. We can't change that. What's happened has happened. What's said has been said. I'm glad that these At Your Place events are coming back because I do think we need them. It's been a while since that's happened. And we're slowly seeing sort of positive change. You know, we, we've signed someone today. Um, it doesn't look like Cleverly's going to be signing back on, which uh, high earner off the books and, you know, no disrespect to Clevs, but not really, you know, the, the sort of player to, that, that you're going to be utilising, you know, on a regular basis in the Championship with his injuries and everything else. Uh, it's looking like Gosling's going to be, you know, not signing a new contract as well. Um, you know, question marks over whether Cathcart does or not, but, you know, we, we, we're looking at younger players we're looking at players from abroad as well we've signed an Englishman today we're linked with another sort of journeyman in England if you like and I'm sure we'll get on to him and slowly but surely I'm sure this change will come and I'm sure good will come of it so um yeah I think that pretty much unless either of you two wanted to say anything else about the fans forum any points you wanted to make I, uh, I think we we should jump straight into uh, straight into some transfer moves because since we've been gone, it's took a bloody while. Like we said in our group chat not long ago, that it's dead quiet on the transfer front, and then boom, it hits you like a train, and uh, and loads and loads of links come through. So we'll start with uh, an, an official transfer, not not a rumor this time. Um, he was rumored a couple of weeks ago. Reese Healy has been signed from Toulouse FC. He's English. He's from Manchester. He's had spells at MK Dons and Cardiff. Um, he did very, very well with Toulouse in the second tier of the French League. Uh, he's 28 and he scored 39 times in 77 appearances for Toulouse. Now, a lot of them were in the, the, the second tier, but that's not a problem because this is the second tier of England. Um as I say, he did have two uh, loan spells with MK Dons prior to going to Toulouse, and um, the first half um, a, a loan season, a, a loan deal in which he scored nine times 
when they got promoted in 2018-19, who got promoted to League One. Uh, And then he joined MK Dons permanently off the back of that. And he was then voted the player's player of the season and also topped the goal-scoring charts for MK Dons, scoring 12 in 21 games. Um, He did start his career for Connors Quay in Wales and then joined Cardiff City aged 18 in 2013. And then he's been on loan at Colchester, Dundee, um, Newport County, Torquay United, and then the aforementioned MK Dons. Now, to me, uh, try not to get too excited and too led down the garden path, but to me, um, I'm, I'm well excited about this. Cam, to me, this is... This is someone that's prolific pretty much wherever he's gone in, in, you know, whether that's in English Football League or whether that's abroad in the second tier. This this sounds like he, he could fit the system, doesn't it, Cal? He's everything we've been after. I mean, I was excited for Keenan Davis, so maybe my <laughs> point of view isn't <laughs> <was bit>. <laughs> But, I mean, when was the last time we got a striker who's been prolific everywhere? And, you know, he's a good profile. He's a little man. He's quick. Mm-hmm. I say little man. He's quite tall, but he's quick. And he's yeah. a poacher as well. He's a natural poacher and he will finish. So I think it's, it, it's been probably Igalo is maybe the last sort of yeah. clinical poacher. Vidra maybe all-rounder, possibly. Yeah. You could um, say Josh King had a record, but he hadn't done it for a few years. Yeah, well... Less said about him, the better. But yeah. we've got a, a tendency to turn these players into uh, something that they shouldn't be. But Ben, is this a, a signing you can get on board with? Are you happy? Does it sound like he's going to be, um, you know, I just mentioned as well, uh, Joe Thomas, who, again, is a new member of Voices of the Vic. So welcome him in the comments and he'll be on a, a podcast soon enough. He has already played with Bayo. Now, not to go on a separate topic here, but I think Bayo might actually play more under Ishmael. So, A, could that work, considering he's played with him before? And B, is this a signing that you're excited about? Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, I think he fits that mould of a striker that uh, uh, Ishmael's obviously wanting. Um, Obviously, watching a few YouTube videos of him, because I I don't watch the French League, I'm sorry to disappoint. Um, But he's a striker that scores all type of goals. And what I liked about him was he can score goals from outside the box as well. He's not that poacher just inside the six-yard box. Yes, he can score those goals, but he's brilliant in the air as well. But he's not afraid to take a shot from distance. And I think that's what we need in this side as well. And you just look at his record, and I'm I'm not sure if you can make out on the um, uh, split screen that I've done, but in 77 appearances, Toulouse scored 39 goals. For MK Dons in 42 appearances, he scored 21 goals. Newport County, 23 games, seven goals. Um, so he, he scores everywhere he goes. And he, he obviously knows the English league now. He, he's been at Cardiff City. He's been at MK Dons. He's been at Colchester, Torquay. So he knows the league. And I think it will help him settle at the club, knowing that he's got Vacuum Bio, who, who he's played up front with before. And I think that will help out massively for him. Absolutely. And... I think what also what I get excited about, and this has happened before and it's turned out rubbish, but what I get excited about is the fact that whenever you announce a signing, so second tier podcast and, and like put that Watford had signed this guy, and I thought I'll look through the replies, see what it says. 
there was one reply from a Bristol City fan saying he was absolutely tosh at Cardiff. Can't believe he's got this move. But I'll put that down to the fact that Bristol City and Cardiff hate each other and he probably ripped them a new one and he's probably still sore about it all these years later. But I also saw another handful of comments saying, can't believe they've got this over the line. Like, watch this space. This is one of the best transfers. Can't believe he's going to Watford. He's going to rip it up. So that does excite me, really, really does. And hopefully... You know, I watched a bit of the interview that he's done with the club tonight and he said, you know, I might be small, but I'm feisty. And this is what we want. We want players that have got it in them that, you know, can take the game by the scruff of the neck. A bit like Porteous. You know, we we mentioned tonight on the um, Twitter account that Porteous has obviously only just played for Scotland yesterday. And both games he played for Scotland, they didn't concede. So I think, if my memory serves me correct... That's four games and four wins for Scotland uh, for for Porteous. And again, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't believe they conceded a goal whilst Porteous has played for Scotland. Um, He's obviously, he's just finished international break. He's cut his short, he's cut a break short and just joining straight to to Watford tomorrow, uh, pre season training, I assume. It's either tomorrow or what. Uh, one goal they've conceded in five, Portius has. So that's incredible. So players that are hungry, players that want to be there, players that fight, a bit of determination. And we need that, you know. And I'm just glad that we've got a player like this over the line. And I really cannot wait to see him in that Watford shirt. And I, 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 it seems like he's got an iconic celebration. I think he does that. Uh, I, I don't know what it means, but I'm hoping that's to see him. Many, blue, isn't it? Healy's on fire. Exactly. Yeah, get that going uh, away games. I I can't wait and hopefully we see that many times and we sing that song many times as well. You know what I've missed lately is is that connection between fans and the players. And I think with Healy coming, it brings that connection a little bit as well because obviously there's a song that everyone will sing to him as well. And it will bring that back and that connection as well. And it's a banging tune as well, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, So yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing him rip up the championship and we'll um, piss the league again, get that boat out, set sail, we're going to win the league. <laughs> Crikey. That's, uh, that's going to get screen recorded by someone and played back to us when we've uh, just been relegated by Rotherham United at home on the last game of the season. Uh, no, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Um, but yeah, it, from from one signing to, uh, to another, this one's rumoured. The next man, and he he really does uh, split opinions. He's no other than Mr. Tom Ince. He um, he's got a fifty grand release clause. Reading have been relegated to League One, and he's available. Uh, he's thirty-one years old, and apparently, according to the the Athletic, Adam Leventhal, we've offered him. You know, we we're in talks to offer him a three-year deal. Now, I, I think. From what I can gather, most people's grumble is with the fact that it's a three-year deal. Obviously, there's some people that aren't happy with signing Tom Ince, but you know the ones that are like, okay, Tom Ince, that's fine. I can get on board with that. But does it have to be a three-year deal? Um, now, to me, I, I'm, I'm going to sit well and truly on the fence. I'm going to get splinters in my ass big time because I'm going to sit on this fence. But I, I think... I, I'm happy with that. Look, we we're not. Sounds like we're not going to be re-signing or giving Clevs a new contract or Gosling. 
you always need that. I, I personally think it always helps to have that someone in your squad who knows the league inside out. Tom Ince is perfect for that. Yes, he might be a bit of an odd but I don't want to say too much on him because if we ever get offered the chance to interview him and they look back on this podcast, it's not going to look great for me, is it? So um, he's obviously a bit of a wind-up, let's say, and you know he's, he's a master at that. But he, he knows the league and uh, people say that his attitude at Reading not very well. Uh, and, you know, wasn't very well received at Reading. But he was still by far their sort of top provider, their, their top goal scorer, I think he was, top assists, uh, could be wrong on that. Cam, um, knowing what you know about Tom, and obviously we, we've we played, you know, we've come up against Tom so many times in his career and so many times he's one of those that loves playing against Watford. Is this something you can get on board with or do you, do you wish we sort of steered clear of it? I'm going to come join you on that fence because yeah. he's got the momentum, mm-hmm. he's got the talent, and say what you want about his attitude, apparently he's a grafter, he works very hard. So I can get on board with that. Yeah. What I can't get on board with is a three-year deal. I think, I mean, it was during the forum that they said maybe they're guilty of giving too long a contract to older players. However... You are right about um, Cleverly and Gosling leaving. We do need some experience in there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Ben, like I just said, you know, every time we come up against a team that Tom Ince plays for, you know, we've had it on this podcast where we've said the danger man is going to be Tom Ince. We've we've said it to Reading podcasts and you know other people as well. Is this something you can get on board with? Are you excited or do you, do you wish we sort of stayed away? Uh, no, I feel a little bit different than you two. Um, I did a voice note and I watched that group the other day when the news broke because I was working. I didn't see the news come on Twitter. I only saw um, conversations backwards and forwards between everyone in there. Um, obviously, the three-year deal is a bit of a concern. I don't think it, it was needed. I think a two-year deal would have been appropriate. Um, I think for a 50k release clause, I don't think you can go wrong for a homegrown player. He scored nine goals in the championship last year, recorded four assists. He's difficult to come up against. And when we've watched him play against Watford, he always turns up and he always scores. And like Cam says, he's a bit of a grafter. He would run his socks up. And that fits into the style of what uh, Vladimir Ishmael's looking for for next season. Um, So, I actually think he'll be a good addition to the team, whether that's going to be starting 11 or coming off the bench. If he comes off the bench, he's going to be a fantastic impact player. And of course, Valerie Ishmael, he, he likes to make changes after that 60-minute mark, doesn't he? So I think that's going to be massive for us this season with the, the size of our squad and everyone getting their opportunity and the need to hit the floor running. Um, I've heard that he is a bit of a bad egg, but I've... I've not really seen it before other than at Reading this year. Um, but is that because of the situation Reading found himself in? Is that why his uh, attitude was um, highlighted last season? Because it was such a bad season. But Ben, the, Red, the Reading fans have actually, they when the news broke, they've been over on our social media saying, oh, good luck, blah, 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 blah. blah. They actually voted for him for player of the season last year. He, he contributed with the most, most goals for the team. 
I just think it's it's a bit of a no-brainer for Watford Football Club. We obviously we've got to make so many changes this year um, to bring in a, a guy with experience in the championship. Take yourself back to the end of the season. We said, what do we want for next season? We want guys with championship experience coming into the side. You get linked to a guy with championship experience, and the people on Twitter go, no, not him, someone else. <laughs> it's like, yeah. you, ca- you can't you can't please anyone, can you? And um, yeah. so I actually think they're ticking the right boxes again. They're recruiting for what Valerie Ismail is looking for. And I actually think it's a shrewd signing. I think 50k for Tom Ince, who's provided in the championship for not just last season, years in the championship for Blackpool, for Derby, uh, for Stoke, and now. Um, Reading, I, I think it's a really good bit of business for Watford. Yeah, and you, you know, we talk about his attitude, and to play devil's advocate a bit, could could a little bit of it be he does like to work hard, he wants to win, and the fact that Reading had such a disastrous season last season, could he have just been, you know, pissed off that things weren't going better? And you can't ever argue at a player that wants to win. You know, you, you, you play, you see it at all levels. You know, I've seen it managing Saturday League. I've seen it playing at Power League. I've seen it on a professional football pitch. You always get those players that no matter what significance a game is, if they've just lost, they're, you know, all hell breaks loose. So could that be the case? I mean, Cam, you obviously know a, a couple of uh, a couple of Reading fans. Have, have they said anything to you about Tom Ince's attitude or what, what have they said? Uh, I haven't actually spoke to many Reading fans about Ince, but what I have, all I've heard is that he's a hard worker. They didn't go into too much detail about the attitude. Hmm. And can well, I just say, if he was maybe three, four years younger, hmm. he might be one of the hotter properties in the championship at that price. A hundred percent. And I, I think there's a reason perhaps he is the price that he is, but... I think some of that's probably got to do with the fact that Reading have just been relegated and I think they're a little bit sort of in the mud a little bit before. So now they've been relegated to League One, I'd imagine they need to have sort of a fire sale. It is a a release clause, I believe. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, uh, always plays well against us, whether it's uh, being at Vicarage Road, that sort of spurs him on. Hopefully we can use that to our, our advantage and watch his space to see if it gets over the line, but definitely an interesting he, one. Uh, another thing quickly, just before we wrap up on Tom Mintz, I just yeah. think he, he adds a lot of different things to Watford. Um, he, he's another guy who will score from distance. He'll score from set pieces. He'll be brilliant from taking corners as well. And he's a bit of a bastard of a player as well. And, and let's be honest, we've, we've never found it easy coming up against Tom Mintz. So we kind of need those players in our side. We've, we've already got Ryan Porteous. I'm not saying he's on the same level with shithousery, but fans take a dislike to Tom Ince whenever we come up against them. And I think that could put, maybe work in our favour. Absolutely. And we, we do need it. Look, we were just saying it about Healy a minute ago. We need people that have got that little bit of bite. You know, Deeney always, you always wound up the away fans. And it, yeah. we, we used it to our advantage at times. So to to have someone like Tom Ince come in, I, I think you know can can be good, but we've got to use him in the right way. Uh, I, I personally think um, the next man who's been linked with us, uh, some of you may have sort of heard of him. He was in Valerin Ishmael's Barnsley team that reached the uh, reached the playoffs. Um, they that man being Callum Styles. He uh, he's a Hungarian international. He he was born in English, but I think his grandmother 
uh, or his aunt is is Hungarian, so he qualifies to play for uh, for Hungary through that. He um, he is from Barnsley, and they just missed out on promotion to the championship. So maybe we'll get him a, a sort of a cut price. Um, he spent the last season on loan at Millwall, where he made twenty two appearances, and he's been capped ten times by Hungary at international level. Um, now, to me, I, I believe he's a wing-back. I think he's primarily where he's deployed. Um, to me, I'm really, really excited about this. You know, you watched Ishmael's Barnsley, and I kid you not, I still remember sitting down and doing that podcast in the lockdown season where they beat us 1-0. Alex Mowat scored that bastard of a shot who, I'm convinced, we'll probably be linked with him in the next couple of days as well. But... Um, you know, they, they really pressed us and I was so impressed with how energetic, how much of a high press is deployed by Ishmael's side. And Callum Stiles was was a key sort of cog to that turning element. So, Ben, you know, knowing what you know about Callum Stiles, again, is this someone that we desperately need? We obviously bought in Ferreira from, uh, from Benfica, but how many times have we sat here and discuss the, the full-back options that we've got at the club and sort of screaming out for more. So, surely, this is only good news, right? I, I think he, he's more of a central midfielder, but he, he can fill out at a full-back area, and that's where he, he played for Mill last year. I think for the Burns, Barnsley side, he, he was mainly in that midfield area. Um, Gina and Scott, they actually spelt, uh, spoke really highly of um, Valerie Ishmael's Barnsley side. Um, when they when I was talking about the appointment of Valerie Ishmael, they, they said like how decent Barnsley was that year. We got promoted out of the championship. They said they said they want to be excited. They they want um, to be um, fans going away, being entertained. And they felt when they got promoted with Norwich that season in automatics, they also thought what other sides entertained us that season? Brentford and Barnsley and 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 Callum Styles was a massive part of um, that Barnsley side and, and he's so young still as well he's got a lot of experience under his belt he's versatile he can fill out out over on the left wing back position he can play in the, the centre midfield as well and and if he does end up playing in centre midfield area like you talked earlier Gosling cleverly all out of contract all potentially not renewing their deal and coming back so we need bodies in that area as well and um, I, I just think he, he's going to be a very good signing. I don't think it's going to cost too much from Barnsley because I think he's only got two years left on his deal um, there. And he's a Hungarian international as well. And, and as you quite liked it the other day, um, I think he'll be hungry for a success. <laughs> yeah. You sent, he, he sent me a voice note to say about um, him signing and then he dropped that dad joking at the end and yeah, <laughs> terrible. Um, I'm talking to terrible, me calling him a, a wing-back. I'm, I'm just on his profile now on transfer market and he's played two games in his whole career at left-back. Um, he's mainly deployed as left midfield, central midfield, attacking midfield uh, and right midfield. So, um, you know, 129 appearances for Barnsley, 10 goals, 7 assists. And as, uh, as, as Joe said down there, he started at Bury. Uh, Berry, sorry, and um, his mate was uh, was singing his praises and said that he would have a good future. Cam, is this one that you're excited about? I know we just talked about Tom Ince and we're umming and ahhing about that, but like Healy, is this one that you hope we get over the line? 
before I get into that, yes, I think transfer market have got that wrong because I seem to remember him being an incredible left wing back under Valerian. So do I. Yeah, oh, really? I think he was a, a central player under Gerard Struber, who we're all familiar with. Yes. Um, and then Ishmael moved into left wing back, and he had a blinder of a season there. That's I what I, I seem to remember. I knew I hadn't made it up. Thanks. I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what Millwall have been doing with him, <laughs> but yes, we need to. We need to sign him. I think he's 23, yeah. but he's got so much experience of English football. Obviously, key player in Ishmael's Barnsley team, and he'd help us transition as a team to that style of football. I think we need to make this move. Yeah, and again, it's just so nice to be sitting here and talking about buying players to suit the manager's need for once because it's not happened. So the fact that he knows the club and also an interesting stat, which I've just found here, that in his whole career, uh, Ishmael has given him the most minutes in football and it's by quite some time. He's given him 3,546 minutes of football. The next highest is Poya Asgarbi. Uh, no idea who that is, but he's given him 2,234. Um, so Ishmael is, you know, he knows he knows Ishmael. Um, it looks like that Poya guy was actually Barnsley manager before. But... Um, he obviously knows how Ishmael wants him to play. So he, we, we're sort of not on the back foot where he's coming in and he's having to learn how the manager wants him to play. He knows that. It's his bread and butter. So this is one that I'm 100% hoping that comes you know, comes to fruition and, and we can get it over the line and done and dusted. Because uh, this was another joint one. Uh, Adam Leventhal at The Athletic reported that we're also in talks with Jian Bung Hyundai Motors forward, Cho Ju Song. Uh, now, he's represented South Korea 23 times at international level for the senior, and he was a part of the 2022 World Cup squad, and he scored twice against Ghana in the group stages. Now, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know every little bit about him, but I have seen Luan's tweeting someone, asking him about him, and it sounds like this guy is very, very physical, very good aerially, and just gets himself about and can finish as well. So if we're going to be putting balls into the box, if, if that's what he wants Callum Styles to be doing, if he wants to deploy wing-backs and we can get more bo- uh, balls into the box, this is a guy you want on the end of it, apparently, by the sounds of it. Um, Cam, do you, do you know much about him? Have you heard much about him? Or is, is, this, is this one that gets you excited as well? Oh, I'm excited about it. He, he's a he's a big man, so he'll compliment Healy. But also, Valerian Ishmael, he loves a, a big bastard up top. Yeah. Carlton Morris and Daryl DK are the big ones. He, he had them. They did well. I can't remember how well Morris did, but DK was a big part of Barnsley's season. So much so he got him at West Brom as well. So he could be our DK, I think. Yeah, uh, and I, I think that is right to point out. You know, we this is why I said that I could see maybe Bio playing a little bit more under Ishmael because he does like that target man. Um, you know, he he as Cam said, you know, he had Carlton Morris, Daryl DK. He he took him to to West Brom. 
Um, Carlton Morris played 25 times for Valerian Ishmael, scoring seven times, assisting three times. Um, he's obviously scored more for uh, for Rob um, in um, in four more games, but you know it's it's still a decent return. So he he knows what he wants from the, the strikers, and, and sometimes you've just got to be you know cutthroat and and dry and, and straight to the point. I, I remember a story about Neil Warnock when he first went into Cardiff. They were in all sorts of trouble. And he come in, he got the defenders to one side. He was like, right, what position are you at, defender? What's your job? Make sure the ball don't go in, stop the ball from getting out. Okay, do that then. You know, sometimes you just need to really simplify it. And with target men, I, I don't care. I know a lot of people are on about how we might play. And I think Ishmael said himself, it might be a little bit different to how things were at Barnsley. But at the end of the day, as long as it gets us results, I don't really care. So if we're whipping balls in, you know, nine times out of ten for this big fucker, then I don't care as long as he gets his head on it and it goes into the back of the net. That's all that matters at the end of the day. Mm. Um, so I, I'm, I must say, on a whole, I am really excited about the, this. Is this is how they get you, isn't it? You know, only a couple of weeks ago, I was like, I'm thankful for the rest. I don't want to think about next season. I was, you know, really annoyed at how the season had gone. But, you know, it, what what difference a couple of weeks makes, eh? And I'm sure in the next time we'll, we'll speak, you know, there'll be more transfer rumours and hopefully more deals. It's nice to the club. They obviously knew that we were recording today and thought, you know what, we'll give them a little, a little signing to, to announce as well. Just before we do wrap up, tomorrow is quite a significant day. Thursday, the 22nd of June, the fixtures are released. At 9am, we will find out who we are travelling to on that first game of the season. As always, with every season, I think, Cam, you told me there's been a leak. Um, they're usually pretty short anyway. Yep. Um, and I think the leak said Sunderland away. So we'll we'll see if that is the case. But um, also tomorrow as well, for the first time since 2014, Watford enter the Carabao Cup in the first round. So we can get knocked out by a League Two side earlier than anticipated this season. I'm looking forward to that because that happens every year. Um, and that draws at 2.30 live on Sky Sports. Uh, who's going to be watching that on a Thursday afternoon? I do not know. But at least they're not holding it in Morrison's like they did a couple of years ago with John Barnes. Um, <laughs> but just a bit of fun now. You know, it, it, it'll be fun to sort of watch this back tomorrow and, and see if anyone was right. Cam, I want your prediction. Of, well, I want two things off you. I want your prediction of who you think we'll get first game of the season. And I want who you want on the first game of the season. Uh, and actually, I, I want the same again, but for the Carabao Cup. Right. Prediction. We're always at home on the opening day. It'll yeah. It'll be something like, I'm going to say Rotherham at home. Nice one to start off, that would be. Yeah. And who do you want? I'd want Norwich away for an, for an early three points. <laughs> we always... We, Norwich, uh, they must hate playing us. I, I, I remember a, a joke on this podcast that we'd played Norwich probably the most it was we'd done this podcast. And I was literally just going to use the same title but put part two, part three, part four, <laughs> because we kept beating them. Um, Carabao Cup time. I, I tell you what, uh, yeah, Carabao Cup time. 
Who do you want? Not who do you think we'll get. Who do you want? Who do I want? Yeah. Oh, Bear in mind as well. I think it's important to point out because you you told me this earlier. Wrexham have uh, have actually been bumped up into the north section, and that means that Birmingham are in the south section. So Birmingham away is a possibility. But yeah, who do you want in the Carabao Cup? I'd be happy with Blues away, but yeah. I think something like Sutton United away. Yeah, are you saying that because you're in Wembley most times now for you? Yeah, yeah, that. But also, I mean, (laughs) look at their ground. I want to go there on an away day. That'd be lovely. Yeah, and um, and and who who do you think we'll get? We usually get a bit of a naff draw, don't we? Yeah, we're getting Reading away. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You said that to me earlier. So that is happening, one hundred percent. Ben, first game of the season. Let's mix it up. Uh, Who do you want first? First game of the season, um, I would probably want someone who's just been promoted, but not someone who's um, like a... I'd probably want Sheffield Wednesday, to be fair. A um, bit of a tour. Okay. Um, they got rid of Darren Moore, which I do not understand. Um, so I think there's issues behind the scenes there. They've lost their recruitment manager as well. Um, so I think there's a lot of upheaval at um, Hillsborough at the moment. So I'd probably want Sheffield Wednesday... At home, I think that would be a good start to the season. Um, who do I think we'll probably get? I'm going to go Birmingham City away. We've had that before. Um, that was our first away game yes. together, Mike. Um, so yeah. I, I reckon we might see Birmingham City away tomorrow. I I really really hope so. Uh, Carabao Cup, Carabao Cup. Who I want? So I want to do a, a ground I've not done before. Who's quite local. Um, so I wouldn't mind going to Brisbane Road, Leighton Orient. Um, so I think that would be a decent Tuesday night away day. And um, who do I think? I think we'll probably get someone like MK Dons at home. They knocked us out last year. That had, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that was bad. And they went on to get relegated. And uh, and then yeah, Rob thought you what know I'll sort of down the road. Um, for me, I I would like. Uh, I, I would love nothing more than Plymouth away first game. Seaside game. It's still going to be sunny, hopefully. It's August time. Um, who do I think we'll get? I think it, it could be something really boring, like, um, I don't know, let's say uh, Cardiff at home. Like, um, <laughs> Carabao Cup, I wanted Wrexham, but then Cam told me that they, they were the reason that Birmingham South-South uh, I'd, I'm going to go Birmingham away um, because for for me, you know that that would be a, a nice local one. Uh, unfortunately, it is north and south divided, so we don't get the pick of the bunch like we do in the FA Cup. But um, I, I do hope that we progress in the Carabao Cup for once, uh, and I also hope that Lincoln do as well because it'd be quite nice to uh, to watch Watford in Lincoln. Uh, well, their first team. I've watched the um, the youth team at Lincoln, but hopefully we we both excuse me. Hopefully we both progress. Um, and then who do I think we'll get? I, I'm I'm going to go with Cam. I I can just see Reading at, at home or away. The worst um, away day ever. Uh, I, it's just it's such a boring game. Over, isn't it? It's just a bowl, no atmosphere. Yeah. There's nothing to it. The fans are pretty bad itself as well. It's just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, dull day out, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Well, 
we can watch these back tomorrow morning after nine and then again uh, after half past two if uh, if you're really bored uh, and uh, and see if anyone's anyone's right but yeah um a little bit longer than we we perhaps would have would have wanted for the first one back but thank you for sticking with us and this will be first of many podcasts me and ben were talking earlier we want to bring back the the opposition fans on the podcast uh, we, we we're going to be putting regular content out again you know pre-game post-game midweek games saturday games whether it's us free whether it's uh, you know we, we we've got people now in you know in the wings that can come in so if i'm not available someone else can fill in if ben's not available someone else can fill in etc etc um but yeah we, we we're looking forward to to a, a good season hopefully on the podcast it'd be nice to replicate the lockdown season in terms of the successes on the pitch and hopefully we'll be delivering at the end of the season another drunk podcast because that was brilliant um celebrating promotion that would be great um and of course the match day vlogs will be back next season as well we uh hats off to ben for thinking of that and they they really really took off um and yeah we, we're really looking forward to it so thank you very much for tuning in tonight thank you very much if you've listened on your favorite podcast provider don't forget to hit the like button don't forget to hit subscribe and the notification button so that you're notified every time we upload or go live and stay safe and come on you on sports social podcast network